Good morning. I was told this morning uh, that I was acting giddy. Um, perhaps that's true. If it is, it's because of the excitement level that I have to get to uh, talk about what I'm going to talk about out of Revelation 21. If you have your Bible open to Revelation 21, um, uh, we come to the conclusion of the gospel in life. This series, the gospel in life. The conclusion is this morning. This is the last message. And and if this series were a movie, this would be the the big car chase ending. The big ending where, like, she drops the ring and it rolls, and we realize that Bruce Willis has been dead the whole time. Uh, it's this is the climax. This is it. This is the 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 end of it all. And and the beautiful ironic God thing of that is it's not just the, the climax of the series, The Gospel in Life, but it's the climax of our lives. Everything that we've said and done in this series leads up to the message this morning. But more than that, everything that we've said and done and acted in our lives culminates with what we're going to talk about this morning. And it is beautiful and amazing and brings my heart to wonder in awe of who God is. And uh, I hope that it does the same for, for each of us. What was once black and white, this life was black and white outside of the lens of Jesus, now has been brought into color as we look at this world and the world that is to come through the lens of the gospel. This is the gospel in life in view of eternity. Um, I have a little silliness to show you uh, because I'm a little silly and I've been accused of being giddy already this morning. So we'll just continue on with that theme. Um, so, so check this, this, little, this little video out. My old cell phone, you can see here damaged speaker scuffs and scratches and dings all over it and as I opened open it you can see the screen is broken just a, a bright light is all that is there and so unable to to tell who you're calling unable to read a text that I get this is the former cell phone a lot of you probably have seen this piece of equipment before. This is the former laptop. <clears throat> Notice the broken binding. Notice the missing function keys. Notice the insulation everywhere as it was blown about our house in the midst of the tornado. Um, notice how it completely opens up and likes to continue to fall back and doesn't really close properly. You can see how it's jacked up there. The former things will pass away. Behold, I'm making all things new. Okay, so that's kind of, may seem silly to look at a broken phone and a and a broken computer and, and bring some sort of depth there. But we can see, you guys are giggling at the ugliness of, of you know, 
It's not 1996 anymore. Come on into 2011, Rick, with your technology. And so uh, the beauty is, is, is I, I would just bring our minds to that thought. What once was broken, what we encounter here on this earth is broken. Just like the silliness of my phone and my computer and all that stuff is broken. But behold, I'm making all things new. And that's, that's our hope. That's our promise. That's our, rea- our future reality that is there. And as we encounter brokenness in this world, we look to the hope and the peace that is to come. Uh, so if you're at Revelation 21, all the stuff's going to be on the, 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 the screen behind me. So if you don't want to turn there, that's totally fine. Uh, but but let's let's dig into the text. Before we get there, let's uh let's pray. God, I pray for these next few moments as we get to spend together, Father, digging into what it is that you have to say to us, Father. I pray that you would illuminate your word to each and every one of us, Father, and that we might be enthralled with the beauty of the truth of things to come, Father. God, capture our minds and our attention and our affection this morning. Draw it into you. Father, allow us to exhale distraction and busyness of the day and instead breathe you in, Lord, and, and settle in close to what it is that you have to say to us. Father, keep us free from distraction and keep us focused to your word. In Christ's name, amen. So Revelation is a book that is written by John while he got his kind of stranded him on an island called Patmos and he is there by himself and having dreams and visions and of what is to come. This is a prophetic book um, of what is to come. And the words that, that we're going to read here are John's account of that vision. So starting in verse 1, digging into the text. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. That paints the picture for where we're going. Okay, John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth that came here to this place. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more. I used to think that that little phrase, what's the point of that? The sea is no more. And as I did study this week, ultimately what, is that, what that's connecting with us is there's nothing separating man from man. Right now, oceans, seas, things separate the land so that we can't connect with everybody on the planet. And what's happening here in this new heaven and new earth is that all of that is gone. Everything that distracts us, that disconnects us is it's passed away. The waters and nothing else separates us anymore. Verse 2. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. There's going to be phrases all throughout the, what we study this morning that are just going to make you want to, okay, stop and I don't want to listen to you anymore. I just want to think about the simple little phrase that we just read. And this verse is filled with them. The holy city is coming down from out, from out of heaven from God. God is directly bringing this new city to us. This beautiful God who, as David shared with us, has prepared something for us that our minds cannot perceive and our, our, our eyes have never seen the beauty of what God has prepared for us. And that's what's coming down. What this scripture is talking about is this is what's coming down to us on this planet. And that ought to make your mind just go crazy and write like three days worth of poetry. It's just an amazingly beautiful thing. I'm sorry to impose my heart on yours. It doesn't really have to make you, make you write poetry. Uh, but it does mine. Um, 
So there's, there's more here. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Scripture is filled with this metaphor of the bride and the groom. And all throughout it, the spouse, the, the, the metaphor in Scripture, the spouse is, is seeking out ways that they can fulfill needs and hopes and desires of the other spouse. That's, that's the, the Scripture th- throughout Scripture. That metaphor is there. And not only are we, we seeking out ways, we're, we're laying down ourselves to fulfill those needs. That's the, the husband to the wife and the wife to the husband. We're, that's the, so if you're a husband or wife, parenthetically insert this, you ought to be thinking of ways that you can fulfill the hopes and dreams and desires of your spouse. Because this is the metaphor that God is using here. But, but here, specifically for us, is that it's a bride adorned for her husband. So we are the husband. The city is the bride adorned for us. That's the metaphor. Now, think with the, the beauty of that. The, the city of our dwelling, the city where we will live, where we will spend eternity, is like a bride adorned for her husband. And, it's, and the thought is it's simply worth just stopping and looking. You guys have probably all been to weddings before. And most of the weddings that I go to, this is the place I'm standing and the groom is right here next to me. I'm, I'm performing the wedding. So I have the, the best seat in the house for the awe that happens the moment that the bride comes in the, the back door. And oftentimes, it's audible. Most times, it's audible. There's guys in this room who I've been standing next to when their brides came in, and this is what they say. <sighs> or, wow. I've heard, wow. And, and connect your mind to that. Have, have you ever, most times in a, in, a, in a wedding ceremony, you're turning around and looking at the bride because the mom stands up and turns and everybody's supposed to look, but... My favorite thing to do is to watch the groom. And because that bride has, has spent weeks and months planning exactly what she's going to look like so that her husband will be... <sighs> and that's the beauty of, of what, we're, what we're showing here. This is the metaphor that's here. As a bride adorned for her husband, she spent the entire day, even weeks leading up to that moment, to be the most beautiful that she's ever been in her entire life for that moment. And that's what we will experience for eternity. Again, three days worth of poetry. Start writing. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. On to verse 3. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, The dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Okay, a lot of times as I'm reading this, maybe there's some disconnect here. I want to reread those words, and I I want them, and I'm going to say this because 
a lot of you in here make fun of me because I say breathe that in deep or let that marinate on your brain, but forget about me saying that a thousand times in the past and, and let this go deep into the core of who you are and listen to the words. The place of God is with man. The place of God is with man. That's enough. Let's all go home. Seriously. The place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will dwell with us. Okay, here on this planet, we sort of dwell with God, but there's sin and strife and pain and hurt that separates us. No more in this new city. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. Every morning I wake up, and I, now I, in the rental house from the tornado, I walk downstairs. It used to be I walked around in, in, into the kitchen, into the living room. My son, every morning, is playing the Wii or watching TV at 6, 6.30 in the morning every day. I dwell with my son. I know where he's going to be every morning when I wake up. My wife went to Chicago about a week ago, a week and a half ago. And uh, it was was really hard to sleep when she's not there. Not because, I mean, you'd think it'd be easier because I got like the whole bed, right? But it's just different, you know? I fall asleep and she's right there. When she's not there, it's, I, it's just hard for me to go to sleep. We have this routine that we go through is, you know, to end the day and, you know, read some scripture or read a book to her and and then we kind of fall asleep together and you know i'll be we we, most of the time we fall asleep holding each other's hands and and then when she's gone it's different and and literally this last time when she was in chicago there were three nights she was gone for five nights three of those nights i was up to about two in the morning just because i couldn't sleep just because it was different because i wasn't dwelling with my wife Here on this planet, we experience God, but we don't dwell with God. He will dwell with us, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. We experience God in part and in shadows now on this planet because we are affected by sin. Uh, I want to think of a, a couple of things here that, to, that this idea brings into my head. First, you and I were created to live and be with God. Very simply, you and I were, were created to live and be with God. The whole book of Revelation is about God establishing his kingdom, giving himself for his church, and then establishing his kingdom so that we can experience and know the fullness of, of, of what that will be. And this is the idea that is being communicated with this verse. You and I were created to live with God. But the second thing, and more important thing, I think, for us, is that we have not yet experienced the fullness of God. Think back, think for a second, pause for a second, and think about a moment in your history, in your life, where you have felt deep connection with God. For me, it's a a worship experience. A lot of times I used to be a youth minister, and some of the greatest times were at a youth camp where Everything was, was focused on pursuit of God and, and had a culmination of a, of a worship experience when I felt really connected to God. Other times for me, 
the birth of my children, watching that happen, being in the room when my kids took their first breath and seeing their faces for the first time, deep worshipful experience. But for me, the, the deepest connection that I have with God are when I get to have a, just a one-on-one discipleship conversation with somebody. When, when I see the light of God turn on in somebody's brain and, and get to, to speak that into them and, and connect with them and combine that with watching one who was running from God turn and be redeemed and, and have full redemption happen. In my mind, in my heart, that's the, the deepest connection with God that I've ever experienced is when that happens because I believe God created my life for those purposes. And so when I'm running in those purposes, I feel deep connection with who he is. And for you, think about those moments, those times, those things in your life that bring deep connection to God. And those are shadows of what it means to dwell with God. They are weak, cheap images of those things. When I was a kid, I had a black and white TV that was about that big. That was our family TV. Now I have an HD TV in my living room. This is the picture of what I'm talking about. What once we saw small through an antenna in black and white, we now see in big screen HD. The connection with God. Verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. He will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. The former things have passed away. I want to scroll through some pictures that you will see. Uh, you've probably seen a lot before. Go ahead and just hit those every couple of seconds. This is Joplin. Every house you see is a life turned upside down. Death everywhere and these people who were living in were living in these homes now are living in shelters or outside of their space and hardship and strife and death are known to these people think about the the individuals the lives that are there people that used to go to that school Used to live in these homes, their lives upside down, pain and strife everywhere. Death everywhere. Look at the I want to read a few things to you here. Tsunamis, earthquakes, floods. Tornadoes, hurricanes, gone. Broken relationships, adultery, lies, fear, insecurity, lack of trust, 
lack of faith, pain, hardship, hate, gone. Think worldly now. Think globally. Hunger, famine, slavery, poverty, homelessness, orphans, disease, genocide, suicide, murder, sex trafficking, racism, gone. They're all gone. All things have passed away. God is making all things new. God is making all things new. You probably don't have to look too hard to experience some of that stuff that I just read directly in your life. I can't imagine being more connected to a person than I am to Jen. But there is always, always hints of insecurity and fear and difficulty, and it's, it's never absolutely perfect. And I love my wife more than I could speak to you. But it's all gone. We know as we are known, all things are brand new. We connect with people. We connect with God in ways we've never experienced before. And this is the culmination. This is the gospel in life. This is the reality, the future that is to come. This is what we will experience and know and connect with. I want to read some scripture that highlights our current brokenness because we see the beauty of God and his healing and redemption greater when we understand the fullness of that brokenness. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have a desire to do what's right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? All of that sin that dwells in us, that creeps on us, and the evil that is present is gone. And all of the disconnect that it creates with with other people, and more importantly with God, is gone. It's pure. No one is righteous. No, not one. No one understands God. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. What that means is disease that kills comes out of your mouth. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps, that's a snake. The venom of snakes is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. 
Their feet are swift to shed blood in their paths, the place they run to, their destination, are ruin and misery. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God in their eyes. But the beauty of this message is this. Isaiah 65, 17. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered. That's a new twist here. Not just they're gone. You don't even remember them. My jacked up Dell, I won't have any clue about it. They will not be remembered or even come to mind. Because Revelation 21.5, and he who is seated on the throne said, and remember, this is John seeing a glimpse into heaven, and he's watching God say these words. I'm going to make all things new. Behold, I'm making all things new. He also said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. In other words, listen closely, pay attention to what I'm about to say to you. Remember, this is not Rick, this is God here. Saying to John, who was going to write this down for us to read in 2011, pay attention to what I'm about to say to you. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. In other words, God will have the last word. The Alpha and the Omega, that's what it's saying. God will have the last word. Hear me, God will have the last word. The Alpha, the first word, speaking the word into existence. Genesis 1, 2, and 3 stuff. The middle word, us running around this planet having sin and Satan having his way when we're still talking, having our words, Satan having his words. But the last word will be spoken by God. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of water life without payment. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of water life without payment. Man, they just... If you guys weren't here, I would start dancing right now. You have this life that this is all talking about and you pay nothing for it. All that we have talked about is a free gift that you've been given you've paid nothing for. Fullness of joy. Fullness of peace. Fullness of relationship. All that you are meant to be and experience. That's the climax of the gospel in your life. Let's pray and sing some songs really loud. God, I thank you for your scripture and its perseverance for our lives. I thank you how you have 
so beautifully rendered the truth into our hearts, God. But God, mostly I thank you in this moment for your son, Jesus Christ, who came to live a perfect life to save sinners like us so that this that we've read will be our reality. God, I thank you for the, the beauty of my relationship with my wife and with my children and with this church family, God. And the beauty of things on this earth that you've given me to see and the beauty of the truth that those are only shadows of what is to come. God, I thank you for Jesus. It's in his perfect name that I pray. Amen.